Welcome to Elevate, the masterclass where we dissect the elements of exceptional achievement and lifestyle design with a focus on personal growth and real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Tyler Chesser. Elevate Nation, welcome back. This is Tyler Chesser. I'm so thankful to have you here and I'm blessed and grateful to be here with Jerome Myers. Jerome, how are you? Awesome, Tyler. So great to be with you, man. We did this a couple of weeks back. Now it's time to flip the tables, huh? Exactly. That's what I said. We're turning the tables now and we're like spirit animals. I mean, something about me and you, it's like we just got to know each other recently, but we just did a show on your podcast on, on you know, dream chaser, dream catchers. And I'm like, what? My mind was blown because the things you pulled out of me. So there's definitely something special. I think there's something special we're going to pull out of the air today, too. What do you say? I'm excited about it. Let's do it, man. Crack the door, let God in. Let's see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that said, I want to welcome Elevate Nation back because it's time to take it to another level. I have no doubt we're going to do that today. And, you know, our mission is to identify how the best of the best raise the bar personally and professionally to achieve greatness in real estate and beyond. And beyond is really the more important word there because there's so much more to life than just the practical means because there's so much that we can discover by looking within, by investing in ourselves, by investing in relationships, by investing in your own curiosity. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. But beyond that, this is where you learn the mindset, the habits, the systems, the routines, the tools, the strategies, and so much more from those and an individual like Jerome so that you can do more so for yourself, so that you can elevate to your own version of a life without limits. And so uh, this is a masterclass for leaders and those looking to achieve uncommon results and purposeful outcomes through real estate investing and ultimately in their lives. If you appreciate what we're doing on the show, I would certainly be grateful if you subscribe to the show, if you gave us a rating, a review. It's helpful. At the end of the day, there's there's you know algorithms at play. I say that a lot, but uh, it, it certainly helps us rank you know higher so that more people can find us. And ultimately, my goal and our goal is to reach millions of people with this message. I know Jerome you know, believes the same that I do in the fact that you don't have to live a life that you just tolerate. You can actually live a life of fulfillment, of joy, of happiness, of adventure, of curiosity, of all these things. If you commit to investing in yourself, if you commit to constant and never ending improvement, if you really, if you marry that with the investing of real estate and create cash flow and upside and wealth and all these great things that we love about real estate, I believe that there's no limit to what you can do in your life. And so, that's what's elevate. That's what elevate is all about. And so, with all that said, I want to go ahead and dive into the show today because we've got a very special guest here, Jerome Myers, aka Jay, who is the developer of People and Places, which I, I love. That he's a founder and chief inspiration officer of Dreamcatchers and the Myers Development Group. Through these entities, he gets to live out his childhood dreams of helping people manifest the things they imagine and create social proof that dreams should be real. Since leaving corporate America after building a $20 million division, Jay has become one of the most sought after thought leaders in the multifamily development space. His company, the Myers Development Group, built a multi-million dollar portfolio following the principles of Myers Methods. His success, this success, has led him into being featured on top podcasts such as the best real estate investing advice ever, apartment investing with Michael Blanc and at least a dozen others. And now we're going to add to the list with Elevate Podcast for sure. So we're going to have to put that on the top of the charts. Although he's often told that he makes investing look easy, the people closest to him know the road wasn't always without challenges. So he created Myers Methods, a real estate education company to dispel 
many of the myths related to the industry and educate investors on his four-step process for owning and operating apartments. Jay is also currently the host of Dreamcatchers podcast and a phenomenal podcast, which is an audio and video experience sharing the stories of people who had exited the matrix, which we're going to definitely talk about today. And this podcast allows him to tease out the tools and the tactics his guests have used to catch their dreams. Ever since he was a child, Jay has been obsessed with unlocking the hidden potential. And now he's showing successful self-motivated people that know what they want to do and why they want to do it, how to do it. Dreamcatchers is the personal management consulting company to change dream chasers into dream catchers, which I love so much. And uh, man, I love your bio because it inspires me. And when I'm reading it, it's I'm not just reading words, but I can feel that there's a lot of thought behind this. So Jay, man, tell me a little bit more about who is Jay behind the bio, my friend? Yeah, a corporate America dropout. Plain and simple, right? I, I built that business for a Fortune 550 company. My reward was laying people off at the end of the year, right? It went from two employees, $0 in revenue to $20 million at the end of the year and about 175 employees. Christmas Eve, I got a call. We're out, we're negotiating what's going to happen next, right? And it's like, yeah, these people are going to be laid off. You can pick who's going to stay or somebody else can pick for you. And I'm like, what do you mean? We just made $6 million in profit. Yeah, you need to pick your team because you've got to do this again next year. I was like, okay. So Christmas Eve through New Year's, I'm going through and trying to figure out who's still going to have a job, right? That was miserable, you know, it went from like being a huge triumph. Hey, we hit all these goals. We made all this money to a nightmare, right? Because people don't know how they're going to feed their family when you walk in and say, hey, you don't have a job anymore. Uh, so they give me a $30,000 bonus for hitting all those targets and like $6 million, 30, something's wrong with this. <laughs> and, um, I promised myself after we started putting all the pieces back together again that I would never go through that process again of laying such a large group of people off. Thanksgiving comes around and I'm like, okay, things are going good. We're about to find out some great news and then comes back in. Hey, we got to do this again. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. And so I started thinking, well, what, what can I do? What, how can I sustain myself? And I went back to the stoop in college sophomore year with my buddy Duran we're sitting there and we're, we're doing the math. I'm paying $3.95. I've got two roommates paying $3.95. He's downstairs. He's got the same thing happening in his apartment. We go around the whole complex and this guy's making $700,000 top line. I'm like, what in the world is going on? We've never talked to him. We don't know what he looks like. Like, this is it, right? We don't want jobs. We want to make this type of money. But how do you do that, right? I'm the son of a soldier and a stay-at-home mom. And they didn't have people coming over to the house who were wealthy. We weren't wealthy by any stretch. And there was no conversation about entrepreneurship or business at my house, right? It was go to school, get good grades, get into a great college, get a job, work for 40 years, and then you might be able to retire and enjoy life, do the once a year vacation, twice a year if you got two weeks. And, you know, that was the sentence that I had. And and back in 2010, I, I, I had a ton of stuff, a huge house, exotic car. And it's just like, man, like, how do you 
what else is there, right? I think once you get to that place and you've done all the things, you're like, I've made more money than I ever thought I would be able to make. Uh, I built a house that was like four times the size of the house I grew up in. It's just like, okay, like what's next or when's that next high? And then you realize it's not coming. And the transition or the trade-off, right? Like when I was earlier in my career, I had the opportunity to coach at high school. I was a defensive coordinator for a football team. And I felt like I was having a real impact there, right? Scariest point of your life, you're a tweener. You got enough flexibility and freedom where you can go do some things and mom and dad don't know, but you know, you still have the flexibility of relying on them for all the things that you need. But you've got to make some pretty important decisions, right? Because that decision in high school impacts where you can actually go to college if you choose to go to college or whatever you choose to do after that. And what I've learned kind of through watching the development of people is the decisions you make today is the headlines for what happens three, four, five years from now. You're setting up your life right now for what it's going to be. And I don't think many people are thinking that far. Most people are thinking about the next weekend. And so you know, I, I pile all that stuff up, Tyler, and, and I get to this place where I got, I was looking to the left and the right and nobody was having the same experience I was in my peer group. You know, the folks I went to college with and I graduated and was working with, they weren't having the same financial success. They weren't having the same um, life success just as a, as a overall theme. And I was trying to figure out why. And the difference was, was the intense personal development. The thing like intentional daily, right? The thing that I didn't get though was, all right, now I was making this money and I had these things, but I was still empty on the inside. And so that's when the real work started, right? I was doing the surface stuff, learning how to be a leader and all this other stuff, but I wasn't doing it on the inside and pulling all the stuff away. This episode of Elevate is brought to you by CF Capital, a real estate investment firm formed by myself and my partner, Brian Flaherty, where we invest in multifamily real estate communities across the Southeast United States. If you'd like to learn more about our approach, our mission, our acquisition criteria, and how you can learn more about future opportunities, visit cfcapllc.com. Again, that's cfcapllc.com. My man, I just want to tell you that we're like the same human being in so many ways. And that's why I just really appreciate you. And I, I'm, I'm just excited to get to know you, you know, over the coming years and hopefully more than that. But I just want to make a mention of that because your story is so similar to mine in so many different ways, but also obviously it's, it's completely different. And that's one of the beauties of, you know, the human, the human experience, right? Is that we all, we're all connected in so many different ways, but there's also similarities. There's also, you know, such vast differences that we can learn from. And, and I just resonate with so much of what you're talking about with regard to being a corporate America dropout and, you know, coming from the, you know, the humble beginnings that you came from in terms of recognizing that, you know, you, you didn't, it's like, you didn't have like a glamorous upbringing. It wasn't like, you were struggling to a t total degree, but you also had that middle class sort of upbringing, right? Where it was like, you know, go to school, get good grades, get a good job. And then, you know, you'll ride off into the sunset when you're 65 and a half or whatever. And, you know, maybe that was correct for a lot of people. Maybe that worked for a lot of people. But then sort of going along your process and obviously, 
you know, some of the things that you had to do when you were in corporate America in terms of drop, you know, laying people off after such success was like, first of all, that it like almost, it's almost doesn't make any sense at all. And so maybe it was a blessing, right? Maybe it was a blessing for you then to ask, start asking questions of what else is there and starting to recognize that, you know, there's a different path for you. And the path started with personal growth and creating things through personal growth and learning how to be a leader, learning how to coach and guide other people. And it's so interesting that you say it was, you know, the initial phase for you was the surface level. And I think it is really interesting in how that progression happened. So I'd be curious to know, I mean, talk to me about, you know, beyond the surface level of personal growth and what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go back to 2010 where I questioned everything, right? The book, The Four Agreements, changes your entire life if you're willing to actually submit to the process, right? And so it was like, all right, so let me get this straight, right? Some, I sneezed this morning at breakfast and somebody said, bless you. <laughs> Why? Right? Like when you start is at that level, because, you know, the, the heart doesn't actually stop beating when you sneeze, right? Like that's not <laughs> at all. So what is it? Because somebody else did it and it's tradition or it's the traditional practice, right? And so, all right, do I actually believe that I need to say that in order to be courteous? I don't. Like, I, I don't think I'm actually adding any value when I tell somebody, bless you, because they sneeze. Like, those two things aren't correlated. And I went all the way down to the base, right? So my dad has always been the head deacon at the church that we went to. And in that, uh, I spent a lot of time in church. And so in church being Christian, I practiced Christianity for a really long time. And I started asking those questions. Do I really believe Christianity or is it something else? And what's the basis of it? Why is it there? And I might offend some of the listeners, but I'll go down this path anyway, right? When we are, a lot of people are looking for uh, peace or resolve when somebody passes away. And the easiest way that you can comfort that person is to tell them they're in a better place. They're with the creator, right? And once you do that, they can say, oh, well, they're, they're better off than they were now. And I don't need that promise. The other promise that I don't need is to do the right thing. The promise that I'll be punished in hell for eternity. I, I don't need that promise to do the right thing. Or that I'll, I'll be in heaven and I'll get to sing songs all day. Like, I don't need any of those promises to be a great person. I believe in one thing, and that's love, right? Being able to see the humanity in everybody, regardless of what the wrapping paper looks like or any of that other stuff, and to love them as you would love yourself or as they would want to be loved is my underlying or foundational law. And so if I can apply love in every situation that I interact with somebody, then I'm doing the right things, and I'm going to have a great life because what you put out into the world, you get back right? It comes back to tending that field, right? So, you know, I started with that. I started questioning and I went all the way to the base and I was like, okay, so I poured a new foundation and everything got tested by this. Is this belief or practice serving me or hindering me? And if it was serving me, it had a place to stay. And if it was hindering me, it had to go. And I kept building on that, right? And nothing is safe, right? You, you talk to a business person and most of them will say everything's for sale at the right price. Nothing in my life has to stay. 
if it's not serving me, if it becomes a hindrance, if it becomes a weight on my ascension, I'm willing to let it go. And, you know, a lot of people will go in and they'll talk about love and it's like, all right, well, love is freeing. Love doesn't restrict. It gives you opportunity. And it's like, well, wait, what do you mean? It means that if you love somebody and they want to leave and you hold on to them tighter, then you're absolutely going to lose them. If you love someone and you give them the opportunity to leave, if that's what they want to do, it's more likely than not that they'll stay because they don't feel like you're dependent on them. And when you can free people, you love them, you end up in a very special place because the only people who are around are those who desire to be around. And people who desire to be around you are very different than the people you're begging to be around you. And that was probably the toughest lesson I had to learn, Tyler, because I surrounded myself with a bunch of vampires, right? They were there to take and take and take, and I would just give, I'm pouring. I'm, and that was like the catalyst for 2010 because I was bankrupt. I was empty. I had nothing else to give and I didn't have anybody to fill me back up. And I knew that I had to do something different. Interesting, man. It's, it's, it, there's so much depth to what you're saying. Like I can't even overstate it. And it's so interesting that it goes back to love at the end of the day. Like that's the one concept, loving yourself, loving others, loving, you know, the, the journey, you know, the process. And then also, you know, asking yourself the question of, Hey, is this belief or practice, you know, serving me or hindering me? I love that because I think it's a, it's an overarching question that we should all ask ourselves and we should all be willing to update our knowledge or our information or our perspective based on new information, right? As we go along this journey, we collect new data, we collect new experiences to be able to, you know, replace or update. And, you know, one thing that I I like to ask other people a lot is, is there anything that you've changed your mind on recently? And the reason why I ask that question is because number one, I think it's a sign of intelligence because you're willing to be humble. You're willing to say that, what I believe before is no longer true to me because of X, Y, and Z, you know, cause I, I do see a lot of folks who say, you know, they hold on to their belief, they hold on to their identity and they're willing to defend it no matter what, even if it's really proven to be perhaps somewhat incorrect. And so I'm going to come back to you on that question. I mean, with all of this said, I mean, give me something, something big. I mean, obviously you mentioned religion as one, uh, but I'd love to take it a step further, perhaps in a different direction. I mean, what else have you really changed your mind on recently that's been profound for you? Yeah. Um, value and the cost of a product are not linearly correlated. Hey, you talk about a hard pill to swallow as somebody who wants to deliver value. Oh boy. It's marketing and branding and how acute the problem is that the person's trying to solve. I've, I've been a part of a lot of different groups. I've watched a lot of people who are educators in different spaces sell products and they can be of little or no value and have a five figure ticket. And there can be things that are really valuable that probably don't even cost a hundred bucks. And people don't really understand the value proposition that's being presented to them. They see the package and we get wrapped up in the razzle dazzle and not the underlying value of the asset. And, you know, being a real estate investor, you get this, right? We can come in, we can see that this asset should be worth X. You might want to do some other stuff to make it prettier or more attractive or appeasing, but 
the the bones of it is really solid and meaningful. It's not so much the rapper. And it's really, really interesting when I I'd spend time with people who are consumers instead of producers. And it's all about the packaging. It's all about the presentation and very little to do with the actual uh, substance of the product that they're purchasing. Yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, as I, I went to school for marketing and one of the greatest things that I got from it was learning how to be an educated consumer and understanding that, you know, branding is an extremely powerful force in this world. And, you know, there's a lot to be said in terms of, you know, psychology and marketing and how positioning works and all of these different things. And, and so being an educated consumer is important, but also recognizing that from a producer standpoint of if I truly want to impact other people, I've got to position myself appropriately. I've got to communicate, you know, the value. I've got to really think deeply about, you know, the underlying psychology and the subconscious understanding of what I'm communicating. So it is extremely fascinating. And it's there's such a depth of study there that, you know, I think it will, uh, you know, consume my curiosity for, for quite a while. And I love that because, you know, you've got to continue to follow your curiosity. But, you know, some of the questions that I ask in these type of interviews, you know, most people are, are thinking, well, wh- why are we talking about this kind of stuff? I mean, I, I just want to know how to find my next deal, how to close my next deal, how to create more cash flow. But I believe that if you can work on yourself, those other things come. So some of the things, some of the paths I want to go down with you is related to consciousness. Um, and you always talk about, I exited the matrix, you know, all of these different things. And I took the red pill. You even have your shirt on. If you're watching on YouTube, you see the shirt. I took the red pill. So talk to me about that. I mean, what, what was that process like for you? Was it more of a spiritual journey or was it more of, Hey, I left the traditional model because you were talking about questioning traditions earlier and you've sort of learned that you sort of incorporate that in your life. Talk to me about, you know, gaining greater consciousness along your journey. Yeah, man. So it's pattern recognition, right? If you can recognize a pattern, you can figure out the outcome before it actually happens. And so the Matrix was a documentary, right? It it wasn't a fictional movie. It wasn't sci-fi. It was a documentary of how the majority of people live. And the, the hero, Neo, gets presented with a proposition, you, you take the red pill, or you take the blue pill, you take the red pill, you get to see how deep the rabbit hole goes and you actually get to see what's actually happening. And so back to 2010, it was, that's the last time I've had a haircut, Tyler, right? So it was a spiritual journey, right? And so the length of my hair is a outward representation of the journey that I've been on over the past 10 years, seeking knowledge and um, acquiring a new perspective on how the world works because it works, it doesn't just happen. And I don't think a lot of people understand that they can have that ripple effect, even if they don't have a huge platform. And I think for me in particular, I've had to get comfortable with being in front of people. And, you know, we can, we can go a whole lot of different ways, but the one thing I would like to say in this space is like, there is a lack of diversity when it comes to um, content producers who have platforms where they can touch the masses, right? It's the same old script with a lot of people and the rapper doesn't matter until somebody decides that they can't do it because nobody looks like them. And I was 
one of those people just off doing my thing, right? I, pretty successful considering where I started, uh, having a bunch of different experiences and actually doing the self-work and the study to have something to say, but only being willing to share that with a very small group of people, right? A, a super niche. And when I became aware of that, that consciousness piece of it and people saying, no, like you really have a message. Like we're not just being nice to, so you know, there's something here. And then trying to figure out how to market and package that so that it will be a pill that people can swallow, right? Because most people don't actually want to talk about this stuff, right? They just want to figure out how to get that next dollar. It's very carnal, right? Um, what's the guy's name? Oren Claff. He, he says there's three Fs that people are trying to figure out, right? Should I fear it? Should I have sex with it? Or should I feed on it, right? And you know, those weren't the three Fs, but, you know, I edited it, <laughs> right? And so if you're only worried about those three things, then you're, like, really missing out on the essence of life because you're just an animal, right? And I think human beings have the ability to make decisions based on something other than their instinct. And that's the only thing that really differentiates us from the other animals. And so once you rise, rise above that carnal level, you start to see a world in a very different place. And you can make decisions that might not make sense on that level, but when you see the bigger picture and you start to see the impact that you can have on the world, it makes complete sense to make those choices. Bro, I had no idea where you were going with that, but I'll be honest with you. You, you, you tied that back amazingly. And you're talking about being an animal. It's like being a human versus an animal. I, I truly believe that as well. And I feel like I just learned a lot just from hearing you say that because it is, that's the difference in consciousness, right? It's, it's, are you living to survive or to feed your pleasure or to run away from your fear? Or are you living in inspiration? Or are you, you know, being aware of sort of what your calling is, what inspires you, what moves you, what speaks to your curiosity and what are you doing to impact other people or impact, you know, the world around you. And so, you know, with all of that said, you know, I know that you live in inspiration and I'd love to know, I mean, what, what inspires you and, and what is, what does inspiration mean to you? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm Nigerian by ancestry, right? I, I don't know anybody. I, I don't know the name of the person that came across the Atlantic in the belly of the slave ship, right? But that that arduous journey that they took is the inspiration, right? Because what can I actually complain about in this comfortable life that I have, like in in this life of privilege that I have? What that person endured something that was just absolutely terrible. And because they endured it, I have the ability to live in this free country that we live in today, right? So that that's always there. That's the pressure, right? And that's probably more the motivation than the inspiration. I think the inspiration really comes from the thought that I, I have capacity and I'm trying to beat, if there's a checklist at the end of it and you were supposed to accomplish these things, I want to add some stuff on the bottom. I want to write in some of the extra things so that when I get there, it's like, okay, yeah, I saw these things. This is what you were set out to do, but I, you're an overachiever, right? And there's a little smirk at the end of that, right? You, you, you did more than what you were supposed to with what you had. 
Um, you know, in 2005, I was in a head-on accident with a dump truck, and this is the first podcast we've ever talked about it, right? And so, you know, I'm driving 60 miles per hour on a, you know, one direction or one lane, one direct, one lane in each direction highway, and he crosses the center line, and boom, like, dead on. And, like, I remember the person walking around the car and saying, he's dead, he's dead. I'm like, I'm not dead. What are you talking about, right? There's glass in my arms, airbag, like all the stuff, right? And eventually, like, I get medevaced and I end up in the hospital. I'm there for like seven days and ICU for some days and some of this other stuff. And I'm just sitting here like, all right, I got a second chance, right? Like, that should have been over. Like, it should have been over. So now I've got to do everything I can with what I have because – this is all borrowed time. I'm, I'm getting overtime and I didn't do anything to deserve it. Right. And I think that combination of those things is what leaves me inspired because now I got actually opportunity to make an impact and have that ripple effect because I'm here, I'm walking. What a depth of inspiration to live from and, and live with, you know, as, as you continue on your journey. And man, I feel blessed to be having this conversation with you just with all that said, and I appreciate you sharing that because I, I would imagine that, you know, there's still a bit of, you know, lasting sort of reminders or perhaps a little bit of trauma that maybe you experienced at that time. So I appreciate you sharing that. Maybe there's not. I mean, you, you're such a, an evolved individual. So I think there's always trauma, right? Because we have the scars. And this is the thing I don't think most people get, right? Like, I'm always going to be reminded it was there. Like, I've got a C scar over the top of my whole knee where, like, my knee went through my skin. And so they wow. have they had to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I've got all the scars from the surgeries where they put the rods in my bones and all that other stuff, right? So never able to forget that. But the message in that for the listener is you're going to have whatever you have, right? And you can think of it as something tried to kill you and you survived anyway. And so that can either be the reason why you can't do it or it's the reason why you have to do it. Right. And I think I met a guy over the weekend. He was like, yeah, I got hay fever and I got this, so I can't do this. And I'm thinking to myself, this is all the more reason why you should go do all the things. Right. Because none of those things was able to end your life. None of those things were able to keep you from accomplishing or achieving. So use that as wood on top of the fire. Don't use it to put out the fire. Yeah, that's huge. And, um, you know, I think that everything happens for a reason. I think that you're exactly where you're meant to be in your life. And also, if you become conscious, if you become aware, you know, more than just being that animal, you start to recognize these things and you start to seek inspiration from these circumstances and from these things that occur in your life. And so I think there's such a value, not only in just your joy and your happiness and your quality of life of becoming conscious and and, you know, observing your mind and looking at sort of how your physiology is playing into this spiritual, you know, existence that we all have, you know, when you go through that process, then you're able to start recognizing these things. And then you're able to start taking more action. I mean, it seems like that's been the process for you, no? Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, you get the, but it's response and you either respond or you react, right? And we, if you're conscious, you respond every time. You take the time to actually create that gap and then decide what you're going to do versus just flying off the handle and doing some things that you probably end up regretting. And, you know, that intention, we haven't used that word yet. Being intentional about all of your actions is, is the game. Because when you can do that, 
then nobody can use emotion or any other things to elicit things that pull you out of the true character that you want to demonstrate to the world. That's a really important one. And I think one thing that comes to my mind is just pausing, right? When you notice that emotion, notice it, observe it, and then say, am I being manipulated by the circumstance or by someone else who's got a great skill at, you know, what, whether it's positioning a value proposition, as we were talking about earlier, or whatever it is, can we observe the human condition, the physiology, the emotion and say, oh, that's interesting. So now I have the intention of acting in this capacity rather than going down that rabbit hole, right? Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. People want to pull us around and guide us around. And not only will they put us in a situation, but they'll tell us how we're supposed to feel about the situation. And Mm -hmm. all of those things are choices, right? How we feel about something is a choice. You're like, what do you mean, Jerome? Somebody dies, I'm sad. No, you get to, you're choosing to be sad. Like, you can choose to celebrate all the memories that you have with that person if you want to. But, you know, the, it's not this, then that. It's this, I choose, then that. Mm-hmm. And people don't actually feel like they get to insert themselves in the process. Yeah, but we, that's, all, we all have the power of decision, right? In any moment, it's about making a decision. And so the question to ourselves is what decision are we making right now? What decision did we decide about our day, right? I mean, these are these are things that it's, you know, it seems simple and it seems, you know, it's like, come on, guys, like I got that. But, you know, it's a matter of are we doing it? Are we putting it into practice or did we just listen to that or, or view this, uh, you know, this concept and say, well, I've got that. But are you putting it into practice? And I know that's that's where the challenge is. Tyler, I mean, I know you've had to have this happen in your practice, right? You're working with somebody and they say, I know, I know, I know. It's like, yeah, knowing and doing are different. Yes. Right? We know how to do a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean that we do it, right? It's so, so, so different. And we have to actively do things in order to create that end result. There's actually work. Like, then it's not the swiping of the credit card. It's not sending the check. Like, that just signifies that you place value on it. But it doesn't mean that you actually did the work to create the result. 100%. 100%. Jerome, man, this is this is amazing. I uh, really appreciate this conversation very much. I just wanted to let you know that uh, if you can't tell already. But talk to me about nowadays. I mean, obviously, as you continue on your journey, there's a lot ahead of you. I want to know, number one, what are you most excited about as you proceed? And number two, how are you continuing to invest in yourself and and invest in your continued growth? Because as you and I know, and I would imagine probably agree, you know, this is a continual process that will never end, right? Yeah, there is no arrival, right? I mean, it, it doesn't end. And, you know, what am I most excited about? You know, there's just so many things, right? I think the thing I'm most excited about is being a dad, like, I've got two beautiful girls, right? Lee and Kaya, and, you know, they're eight and 10 right now. And just growing up into these wonderful young ladies. And it's like, every time we interact, you know, there's this exchange of capital, right? It's, you said you were going to do this and then you did it. That means something. Or it's, I didn't expect you to do this, but you were thoughtful. And that made me feel loved. And so, you know, how can I do more of that? How can I be the type of person that they want in their life? And then 
how can I be the model of what they should be for the people that come behind them, right? Because that makes me immortal, right? Because I'm, I'm putting myself into them and then they are putting themselves into the next person. And if you continue that path, that journey, that sowing of the seed, then whether you're walking in the body that you're in now or in the thoughts and spirits and approach of the other people that are in your lineage, you're still here. And I remember as a kid, I, I wanted to live forever. I, I feared dying. And then I realized, like, it's, it's so much bigger than how many more breaths I take. Like, there's so many people that you can impact. There's so many people you can touch. And then there's that focus group that you're willing to do anything for. And so how can you impact? But, yeah, I mean, being a dad is a thing I'm most excited about and just trying to perfect that craft and helping other guys figure out how they can be better at it and be business builders, right? Because doing one without the other, it's usually like you get the derogatory name, like Mr. Mom and all this other stuff. And there's nothing wrong with me. I'd love to be a stay home dad, right? (laughs) One of the funnest things that I get to do, but, you know, I think there's a part of most men who want to build something and, you know, you know, one of the experiences that I've had over the past year or so as I've started to move into bigger real estate projects is just meeting guys who are the person that I want to be for my daughters, where, you know, they can go sign a 235 unit deal by themselves for their kid, right? Like, just go talk to daddy and daddy can make sure that the right doors are open. He can connect you with the bank. He can connect you with the architect and all the things and using those relationships and that privilege for their doors to be open. Because, you know, I I can't go do that with my dad. My dad used to jump out of airplanes for extra $200 a month because he wanted me to have new shoes or to be able to go out to dinner or to have clothes. And that was just that little extra for those nice things. I love him to death for that because the level of sacrifice associated with that, the arthritis, the hip replacement surgeries and all the other things he had to do as a result of making those choices just for that little extra to show that he loved is amazing. But I've been exposed to bigger things, right? And so because I've been exposed to I know they exist and I want that same privilege for those little people that are bear my last name, at least for now. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean, you know, it's so it's so exciting because, you know, like you, we most of us and everyone listening to the show has been exposed to what's possible, right, to the possibilities. And so even if you've come from humble beginnings or maybe a middle class background, which most of us have, I mean, that's the fact of the matter, right? Um, you know, now that you know that there's more possible, what can you do to bring that into your world and give that to the people that you love, right? You know, it's, it's exciting. And that's why we do also focus on real estate because you and I both agree that it's one of the greatest wealth creation vehicles on the planet. And it is all about raising the bar because not only is it competitive, not only is it crowded, not only is, you know, a lot of people trying to get into the space as well. You've got to continue to improve yourself. You've got to continue to improve your team, your capacity in all of these different aspects of your business, not only your inspiration, not only your consciousness, not only, you know, your vision and your purpose and all these things, but you've got to raise the bar in your business as well. So I'd love to know, I mean, what are you doing today? I mean, how are you raising the bar in what you're doing? Yeah, so, you know, 
COVID, we're still in the middle of Coronaville, right? And so <laughs> I, I, at one point, I think it was probably April, early April, I, I stepped on the scale and I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was like, okay, enough is enough. And so for years, I told myself, this is another thing I changed my mind about. Hey, because I still had the residual from the accident, right? Like you've got a torn ligament in your knee. You can't, you shouldn't be running. You don't want to be doing any high impact stuff. And now four, maybe five times a week, I go for a six mile run in the morning, right? I spend time in meditation and journaling and other self-development before I do anything for anybody else, right? So between four and five, I get up and I don't, really do anything for anybody else before nine o'clock all that time is spent on me and making sure that I'm getting better I'm growing I'm expanding and by doing those things everything else starts to fall in place you start attracting the right people to you money shows up deals show up people want to spend more time with you and they're willing to pay you to spend that time with you because they feel like you're adding that type of value to their world and so, you know, by working on myself intentionally and diligently and aggressively, um, all the other stuff, as you mentioned already, is starting to happen on the backside of that. Are you someone who's seriously looking to elevate your life, your business, your real estate portfolio, your cash flow, your deal opportunities, your access to opportunities, your network this year? Well, if that's you, then I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com because I'm currently opening up a few coaching spots for people like you who want to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be and really, you know, expand that beyond your wildest dreams and explode your business, explode your deal opportunities, explode your vision for what you're looking to create. If that's you, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. I really have to tell you that this is not for everyone. This is only for those who are decisive. They're committed. They're willing to do whatever it takes. They're willing to invest time, energy, and resources into themselves to get to where they want to be and to live a life without limits, to elevate to a life without limits, which is really what we're all about on this show. If that is you, again, I invite you to visit coachwithtyler.com. Again, that's coachwithtyler.com. Absolutely. And I could not agree more. I mean, that's got to be the philosophy and it's, it's a pattern. I mean, you see it with all the great performers, all the people who've created great things in their life. They've placed a priority on themselves and it's not selfish. You know, you could look at it and say, maybe there is a degree of selfishness that's required to be selfless. I believe that, you know, you can only pour into others as much as you've poured into yourself, right? The people on the airplane are right. They tell you every time, put your mask on first and then put everybody else's mask on, you know, and that was the, one of the things that I had really wrong back in 2010 is I was trying to take care of everybody. And I figured if I had people, if I was taking care of everybody, then people would be taking care of me. And that wasn't true. And so when you have a foregone conclusion that other people are going to take care of you, you're probably wrong. You need to take care of yourself. And then if other people take care of you, that's icing on the cake. Right. That's that's the gravy. But you're prepared to go and so into others. And so, you know, make sure you're filling your own cup first. For Absolutely. Sure. And, you know, the question is, are you is your identity that of the victim or is it the the identity of the victor or the empowered or that individual who's growing, who's learning, who's creating more, who's expanding? So I think there's a lot of value in, you know, 
observing and recognizing what sort of identity do I hold? I mean, is that something that you spend time in terms of cultivating a new identity as you continue to grow and, and become this new individual? Yeah, man. I, I remember thinking to myself, like when I was making the transition from corporate, like, I don't care about money. I'm not going to do anything for money. I just want to be significant again. Right. Because I felt like everything that I'd done was just to make more money or make other people money. And then that money didn't actually make them or me significant. Right. So I wanted to impact people. And because I was so turned off on the money piece and so interested in the significance piece, I suffered financially. Right. And a lot of people won't have that conversation. Right. But it's really painful when you cut off that paycheck and it's like, okay, you got irregular income and yeah, it might be a whole lot at one time, but you don't know when the next one's coming. And that part is, oh, well, maybe I should go get a job or not. Like you've got to have that certainty piece of it that, hey, this is what I'm doing. Here's what I'm working towards. Even if I never get to this specific place, you know, here's the North Star and I'm following that North Star and I asked myself this one question over and over and over again for about six months. And it was, am I, is my sacrifice enough? Right. Because I feel like you have to give up to get, right. You, you have to be willing to give up who you are today in order to become that person you're supposed to be. You can't have both. They, they don't exist in the same space. And so if your hands are full, you can't accept any new gifts. And you just have to be willing to let go that attachment, that ownership, those things don't actually manifest the life that you truly desire. Man, you're speaking like right to my soul right now. I mean, there's, you know, I know that there's things in my life and I'm sure many of the listeners know that there's things in their life that they need to remove so they can give themselves space to receive what's to come for them. Right. And just because their background or their experience or, you know, their, you know, life situation before today is what it was doesn't mean that it can't be what they're inspired for, you know, from now, from today forward. So that's a really great reminder for us to all prune things. You know, we got to remove, we've got to have a little bit of, you know, faith, a little bit of a leap of faith in some capacities. And one thing I've heard you say is that, you know, you'd rather people have streams of income than perhaps an addiction to a job. And so I know we, we don't have a ton of time to go into that one, but I wanted to make a mention of it just because of, I thought how powerful the concept was. Is there anything you'd like to say on that? No, I mean, yeah, I do. Right. Because I think financial freedom is our truly our only hope because it's, as long as you are doing something that you aren't passionate about because it pays well, you're depriving the world of whichever your true gift is and your true purpose for being on the planet. And I was that guy. Right. You know, I broke six figures when I was in my 20s. So it was just like, all right, well, now I have this income. How do I go back and become an entrepreneur? Because I'm not going to be able to replace this income and work full and, and work full time. That's just not real for the vast majority of people. And now I've got these obligations. And well, if I sell the obligations, will people think that I'm going backwards? And how does that look? And you got all of the stuff. And it's just like, okay, I'm addicted to this paycheck. And the minute that you can actually acknowledge that you're addicted to getting paid on the 1st and the 15th or the 26th, and because you like that predictability, you can actually begin to change that, right? If you can prove the concept that you can make money by doing something other than trading 40 or 60 or 80 hours 
like a lot of us do, but we think we're better than the person that works hourly because we're salary. Um, you know, you can begin to get new freedom to make different choices. Um, we, we frame things as they are, and they're always going to be that way versus taking the time to redefine the problem and refocus it. The assumptions that we make are, you know, the expected, the expected outcome is only good on a certain frame, right? And get into the math of things like, you know, I'm an engineer by training and we used to design, I used to design foundations for um, really large structures and we would make some assumptions. And I remember early on, the guy would say, hey, Jerome, you never know. Just when you get done, add a safety factor of three on it. I said, you want me to increase it by 300%? He said, you never know what you're going to find when you get out there, put it on there. We've been doing it for years. Nothing's ever fell down. And I was like, if that's what you want, right? But we can't live our lives that way with the safety factor of three, right? We've got to get skinny sometimes and know what it actually takes in order for us to get through. Like, if you don't know what it takes to actually run your household right now, you don't actually know what you need in order to be safe. And so a lot of people say, hey, I want to leave my job. Well, how much are your bills? I don't know. But they know how much money they make. And they don't even make that money because of taxes and all the other stuff, right? So that number may be big. And as long as you aren't spending all of it, you've got that gap it changes the way that you look at the world and you can end up being so much closer to freedom than you ever imagined. But most people aren't willing to do that because they're scared. And this is a, this is a paradigm shifting shows, a paradigm shifting conversation. So I appreciate you, you know, laying that out there because really it is simple. It's, it's not easy. Easy does not mean, you know, simple does not mean it's easy, but you know, it's so simple when you really think about it, are you willing to, you know, be a little bit, um, you know, inspired to take a risk. And, you know, but at the end of the day, it is about awareness. It's about awareness of what's available to you. It's about awareness of, you know, what do you need to do to protect yourself, you know, from a worst case scenario sort of outcome and be inspired and take a leap of faith. And, you know, what do you have to lose? You have one life here, right? That's the only one we know about so far. So, uh, man, uh, Jerome, this has been amazing. I want to transition into our rapid fire section. We call it the rare air questionnaire. You know, it's all about raising the bar. It's all about expanding our limits. And we've definitely expanded our limits here uh, and, and shifted a lot of paradigms. I know you have for me, so I really appreciate that. But, you know, I see your beautiful bookshelf back there. I'd love to know what are two or three of the most impactful books that you've ever read outside of what we've already talked about, The Four Agreements. Tell me what, what, what two or three others would you point to? Yeah, the Celestine Prophecy is probably my favorite book. Uh, that journey is just amazing. And the seeking, it teaches you to continually seek and knowing that the right people will show up at the right time to help you along that journey. Uh, Millionaire Mindset, Dean Graziosi's book, has been really impactful for me because I'm one of those people who's pretty good at most things. And so the thought of delegating something that I can do pretty well just drove me crazy, but I was willing to do it. And it, I wrote a book that really told my, tells my story. It's called Your Dreams Should Be Real. And it takes people through the process of how I ended up where I am. And that process of actually writing that book, I think has been the biggest difference maker for me in that shift piece of the paradigm. Because it's like, all right, things happen, and then we have to decide what they mean for us. 
And in writing that, I was able to pull those lessons out and make them crystallize for myself. So that self-reflection was real. That's awesome, man. And I know whenever I have conversations with you, I know that you know, not only are you catching your dreams, but you're allowing other people to catch their dreams just by the simple profundity of the way that you communicate, the way that you speak. So I just want to honor you for that. And I, I want to honor those books as well, because I just read The Celestine Proce- Prophecy not too long ago, and it is a mind blower. It's an amazing one. And I think that there's probably a little bit of a synchronicity in terms of our relationship. Perhaps some of the listeners would uh, acknowledge that as well in terms of this conversation. So I definitely want to honor that. But aside from our discussion today, what would you say the biggest way that you elevate your life on a daily basis would be? Man. So that one was that one's tough. As I was listening to the episodes before I hopped on with you, I was like, "How? How?" And I think that <laughs> seeing the humanity in people, right? Because I think we forgot that everybody's a human, right, and that they deserve the same respect and treatment and privilege. And so, making sure that I treat the janitor the same way I treat the CEO, and allowing other people to see that happen, I think is extremely important for me. So, you know, just living in love and it's showing people humanity would be my answer for that. I love that. And you probably already know I'm going to take it a step further and I'd love to know, I mean, what's the biggest way that you elevate others around you? Obviously what you just mentioned probably relates to this question, but maybe we take it a step further here. Yeah. I think for me, it's holding them accountable, right? If, if you tell me that you have this dream, this thing that you want, and then you don't do anything to manifest it, I remind you, right? And I challenge you. And if you say, well, I'm doing this, this, and this in order to do it, and I ask, well, how is that actually working or what result are you getting from that? And you don't have a question or an answer for that or a solid response, then I drill on it until you get to the place where you're actually walking the walk instead of just talking about it. Talk's cheap. Let's, let's walk it. Yeah, I believe tough love is real love. You know, it's like, how's that working for you? I'd rather someone ask me that question, make me feel uncomfortable than say, oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, that's when I know that you love me, you care about me. It's like, let's make me uncomfortable. Let's push. And uh, man, I appreciate you pushing me today. I appreciate you pushing our listeners. Is there any parting thoughts or words of wisdom that you'd share with Elevate Nation today? Yeah, I'll share my thesis on life, right? Your dreams should be real. And so if you haven't heard that before today or you haven't heard it recently, you're now accountable for that. And so we saved it to the end. You've listened all the way through. And now the challenge is out there. What about your dreams will be real? What will you take from our conversation? And many of the episodes that Tyler's done before and use those tools, techniques, tactics so that you can manifest that. Because there's somebody out there who is counting on you to do that thing that's in your heart that you're scared to tell other people about. And if you don't do it, you prevent them from actually manifesting their destiny. And so do you want to be the cog in the wheel that breaks and keeps everything from happening? Or do you actually want to compel people to move to that next space? Choice is yours. Wow. Your dreams should be real and they are real. They're just waiting on you to get them as far as I'm concerned. So, oh my gosh, Jay, Jerome, my friend, thank you so much for being on the show. Tell the listeners how they can learn more about you and follow you along your journey. Yeah, man. I appreciate the opportunity to do that. You've got a great listenership. So if you guys want to find out more about me, it's jeromemyers.co, J-E-R-O-M-E-M-Y-E-R-S.co. 
and there you can find out all the stuff we're doing. We got some pretty stuff, ha- pretty good stuff happening. And if you're thinking about jumping out of the matrix, we've got a uh, 15 point checklist that we use to help people decide whether or not they're ready to leave their, their job. And um, you can find that on our Dreamcatchers website. Once you hop on JeromeMyers.co. Boom. I love that. We'll put links in the show notes uh, to everything that Jerome's talking about there in terms of his website. We'll also link to where you can follow him on social media, but I definitely encourage you to re-listen to this show because not only did Jerome give some nuggets of wisdom in terms of creating financial freedom and taking the leap of faith required to get there. I mean, really specific tactics, but there's a lot, a lot of also really big, wise words of wisdom from this man that can really transform your life. I know that is for sure. I mean, consciousness in itself, I mean, we could have gone on and on and on for hours on that particular subject, and we only had a little bit of time. But the way that he really distills down some profound wisdom into just a few minutes of discussion. I mean, I I highly encourage you to re-listen to this show and, you know, take away, what are your top three key distinctions? If you were to distill it down to three, what would you do there? And how are you going to take action on that? How are you going to share that with someone else in addition to taking action? Because as we all know that action is the real power, knowledge is only potential power. At the end of the day, it's all about how are you putting this into action yourself? How are you creating How are you stepping outside of the matrix yourself? And so with all of that said, I just want to thank you again, Jerome, for being on the show. And Elevate Nation, thank you so much for tuning in. Tyler, this was awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Elevate Nation, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Elevate. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to elevate your results by taking immediate action on what you learned. For more, visit elevatepod.com.